This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents, which you can also access at cortezcurrents.ca. When Cortez Currents asked the Friends of Cortez Island who to interview for more in-depth coverage of species at risk, they responded Jenna Craig from BC's Ministry of Environment. That was last January, which shows how busy Craig is. Sabina Liedermintz described Craig as one of FOCI's key go-to species-at-risk biologists who provides the facts that FOCI brings to the community. In the emails that we exchanged prior to this interview, Craig specifically mentioned five species, the marbled merlet, great blue heron, double-crested cormorant, pelagic cormorant, and western screech owl. I met some of the members of FOCI when I was living on Cortez back in 2010. I was doing some field work over there. I met Sabina when I was helping a grad student collect some tree core samples from a heron colony on her property. Since then, I've kept in touch and they've invited me to come and give some presentations to the community about species at risk. I've helped train some of the members to do marbled merlet surveys of nesting habitat and dawn surveys to find the birds and find where they nest. More recently, I worked with at Helen Hall at FOCI to develop a screech owl project proposal that was funded by Environment Canada. Have you been working with other groups in our area? I'm currently not really working with a lot of local groups because my, my new job that I started this year is more of a provincial scope rather than a, a regional scope. Before that, I was working kind of with local governments to support stewardship activities, but this is the only stewardship group that I'm working directly with. Okay. Now there's four species that I have questions on, and uh, every subsequent question goes right back to the four species. Sure. We can start with talking about marble merlet. I've worked on the species for about 20 years. A quick Google search turned up six papers on marble merlets in which Craig was either the lead or a co-author. Maybe I'll just focus in on the work that I did around Cortez Island. That was a project that was led by Environment Canada, by a research scientist there. He invited me to help on the project with capturing birds. We had three different locations where we were capturing um, marbled merlets and fitting them with satellite tags. One of them was on the north coast around Douglas Channel, which is near Kitimat. And then we spent two summers capturing birds around Cortez and then another area in Clackwood Sound. We were based on Cortez, but we found that there was a really specific spot off of Mink Island in Desolation Sound where it's easy to catch birds and it wasn't very easy to find them anywhere else. So that was kind of the main spot that we worked in. We only had a small number of tags to put out each year. The way that we catch murrelets is by going out at night on a little zodiac and being very quiet and slow and sneaky and using a bright light to find the birds on the water, a really bright spotlight, and sneaking up on them with a big net and scooping them out of the water while they're blinded by the spotlight. <laughs> Even though they were all captured in the same place, they were moving around quite a bit around Cortez and Quadra. Um, actually, two birds made really long distance movements up to southeast Alaska. So that was um, probably the most interesting finding of the study. We didn't know that marbled murrelet travel so far. They're thought to kind of stay pretty close to where they're nesting 
year round and we didn't really expect that they would travel thousands of kilometers but we found <laughs> that these birds seem to be moving um, north at some point in the summer probably to take advantage of better foraging opportunities. The objective of the work was really to try to understand what the marine habitat needs of the species were. Unfortunately, the tag didn't work the way that we were hoping. What happens is they send a signal to a satellite as it's passing overhead in the satellite. Based on the locations of the satellite, it triangulates where the birds are. Because of the steep valleys and fjords where murelets tend to spend their time during the breeding season, the signal can bounce around and it's not as accurate. What can you tell me about them on Cortes and Quadri? The marine habitat around Desolation Sound and Quadra and Cortes is pretty good. So marbled murelets dive to eat fish like sand lance and herring, anchovies, basically small fish that are called forage fish as well as some krill and euphausids. Sandlands is thought to be probably the most important prey species. They are a fish that likes to burrow in a very specific type of sand. And there's a lot of that good sand around Cortez and Savory Island. There's just this great burrowing sand habitat in this area. They need large old trees with big branches to build their nest. We haven't really found anything on Cortez Island where we think they could be nesting. There's a few large old trees, but the nests have been found on Sonora, Redonda, and on the mainland coast nearby. Let's move on to the western screech owl, which I'm told hasn't been sighted on Cortez Island for five years. Your question was whether we think that barred owls are responsible for this kind of disappearance of screech owls. (laughs) Um, We don't have a lot of observations of screech owls in this area. There was some surveys that were done about six or seven years ago on Quadra. They had a few detections there, but that's the only place I'm aware of. We don't know for sure why screech owl populations are declining. It's thought to be probably a combination of urbanization and, and logging of their nest trees and and other habitat needs, as well as an increase in um, the abundance of barred owls, which are a species that has kind of invaded the coastal habitat of Western screech owls over the last 30 or 40 years. They've become a lot more abundant in the last 20 years on Vancouver Island. But it's not totally clear if screech owls are competing directly with barred owls, or if there's more of a predation threat. There's been some observations of direct predation of screech owls, but we're also not clear whether when barred owls are present, if screech owls are just less vocal and so less easily detected because they don't want to be heard by a predator. So let's talk about great blue herons. The herons that we have on Cortez and on the coast here are a subspecies of great blue heron that's resident year-round. They're smaller and they're darker than interior herons. And we think that the population of coastal great blue herons has declined from the 90s into the mid-2000s, but there's some evidence that the population has stabilized recently. We think there's maybe 4,500 nests in the Salish Sea area. There's been some talk about the decline of great blue herons being because of being because of eagle predation. 
Is this true? What we're seeing is that the bald eagle population has increased over the 20th century after eagles were collected for bounty and their populations declined as a result of DDT. Then as eagle populations have rebounded, other coastal seabirds, which whose populations have increased as a result of lack of predation, are kind of coming down. We think that possibly now there's a, a stability that's been reached where the eagle populations are not increasing any further and lots of colonial seabirds in the Salish Sea are also reaching some level of stability. The heron populations seem to be somewhat stable. The cormorants seem to be stabilized in recent years. Eagle predation has affected a lot of seabirds, including herons. We think that eagle predation causes smaller colonies of herons to move around quite frequently, especially in the northern part of their range of the Salish Sea. Basically north of Nanaimo, we're seeing smaller colony sizes that tend to move around more frequently. And they have a pattern of boom and bust reproduction where some years they produce a lot of fledglings and other years they get wiped out by eagle attack. There are large colonies of herons further south, like around Tawasson, Beacon Hill Park and Couch and Bay. Those colonies are all over a hundred nests and those colonies tend to be pretty stable and they stick around for decades. We think that in some of these large colonies, there's potentially a resident eagle that defends its territory so that the birds nesting within the resident eagle territory are protected from other birds that would potentially attack the colony. They call it the mafia effect, where there's a resident eagle that protects the colony. And I've heard that the large colony at Tawasson, which is about 400 nests, the boundaries of that colony seem to match the boundaries of the eagle territory. Is the great blue heron still a species at risk? In, in BC, it's blue listed. And federally, it was recently assessed as special concern. So it's not as threatened as some of the other species on the list, like screech owl and marbled murrelet, but it's still considered vulnerable. Over to cormorants, have they made a comeback? Like I was saying, lots of colonial seabird species in the Salish Sea seem to increase in population, potentially as a result of lower eagle predation during the time that eagle populations were depressed. And so what seems to have happened, there's two species of cormorants that are the most numerous in the Salish Sea, the uh, double-crested cormorant and pelagic cormorants. The numbers of nests of those two species seem to have increased in the 80s and 90s and then declined through the mid-2000s, potentially as a result of increasing eagle predation, human disturbance at nesting colonies, and possibly also trade declines. Our best information is that the numbers of nesting cormorants in the Salish Seas, it's been relatively stable over the last five to 10 years, but lower than it was in the late 90s. The last year of surveys that we were able to get a lot of good counts of colonies in before the pandemic was 2019. In that year, we did see a little uptick in the number of double-crested cormorant nests that were counted. We think that could be potentially a result of birds moving north into the Salish Sea from some of the large colonies in Oregon State that failed. The largest colony in Western North America is in the mouth of the Columbia River, and that colony failed for the first time 
I think it was 2017, 2018. Since that time, birds have been dispersing to other colonies, so they might be moving north into the Salish Sea. I just wanted to thank the Middle Natch Island stewardship team for all their work that they're doing monitoring the colonies of double-crested and pelagic cormorants on Middle Natch Island because it's been really valuable for us in terms of tracking populations in the Salish Sea. I think it's interesting for your listeners that the work that the volunteers have done on Middle Natch Island has been really great. They've been monitoring the large colony of cormorants there, pelagic and double-crested cormorants. There's, I think, about 50 double-crested cormorant nests and the 180 pelagic cormorant nests. It's been really great to have that information to contribute to the population monitoring that we're doing. I was just at a thesis defense for one of the SFU students that's been working with cormorants on Middle Natch Island. They've been using remote cameras to monitor the colony there. And they told me that the colony failed in 2021 because of bald eagle predation. It's sad to see that, but it'll be interesting to see if that happens again this year. One of the patterns that we've seen with cormorants in the Salish Sea is they used to nest on a lot of small islands and the colonies have become concentrated in places like cliffs, such as Gabriel Island and bridges, like the Second Narrows Bridge, where cormorants are less vulnerable to predation and disturbance from humans. So um, Middle Natch Island is kind of an anomaly where there's a lot of birds nesting on this small island. And up until recently, it's been very productive. So that'll be an interesting colony to keep monitoring in the future. And we really appreciate all the work that the volunteers out there are doing with the BC Parks Rangers and the volunteer rangers and the stewards. We wanted to thank them. Jenna Craig started a new new job with the Ministry of Land, Water and Resource Stewardship this year and is now working on a province-wide scale. You've been listening to an interview with Jenna Craig about marbled marlets, great blue herons, cormorants, screech owls and eagle predation. This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents. Goodbye.